Join Dennis Seagrave for Den at 10. Hello again. Well, this morning has took me a little bit by surprise. The week has gone that quickly. I sat having my breakfast this morning and I thought, oh heck, it's Sunday. I've got a recording to do later for one of my chats. But there again, it's not changed a deal right at the very start. I said the catchphrase for this uh, set of chats would be, I don't know yet. Because different people said, what are you talking about this week? And my reply was always, I don't know yet. So most of them have been put together on the spur of the moment. But I had realised that doing it that way, I was likely to repeat myself and tell the same tale more than once. So over more recent weeks, I've gone back over all the recordings and made notes of what I've talked about and what I've said. Realising that each week seems to come quicker than the one before it. Whilst I was reading these notes, I, I looked across and I thought, blimey, next week I'll have been doing this for six months. But it did raise one or two things that I thought, well, I can sort that out and do those this afternoon. I saw various little stories I'd told and I'd missed out little details and things that I possibly should have said at the time. So if you'll just excuse me, I'll revisit some of the tales and just add odd little bits in that may be amusing, may be of interest. One of the first things I came across, I'd been talking about the times I'd had while I'd been quizzing. Well, three of us had formed a bit of a team as we played on a Monday night in a friendly quiz at the local pub. And we'd been playing there for, I suppose, a few months all in all. Different groups of people got together and bought a team and they were well supported. Good friendly nights. Obviously a bit of friendly rivalry, but uh, nights out, a couple of drinks, bit of a laugh. Anyway, this one night, chap as we knew, he'd been in the quizzing system for some years, known him for a long, long while. But more recently, he'd been setting questions for different programmes on the television. He came over to see me and he said, there's a new quiz show on the go, do you fancy having a, having a trip at it? I said, well, I, I've been on the telly before a couple of times in different programmes, but if the other two want to go, I'll go along with it. They've not been on the telly before, I'll see what they say. Anyway, as I said before, we ended up at Pebble Mill in Birmingham, the big old studios that used to be there. Now we got there and into the entrance and there were four or five teams there, same as us, waiting for interview, audition, whatever you call it. 
In the end, somebody came and collected us all and took us through the corridors and down to where the interviews were to take place. Now, on the way past, we went past what was the old Pebble Mill at One programme studios. Lunchtime programme on the television had a young Alan Titchmarsh on it who used to do his little set about 10 minutes worth of talking about gardening. And as we walked along this one corridor with big glass windows at the side looking out onto the courtyard we could see his little outdoor set sort of a workbench with trellising around it and across the back all lined with plants growing up the trellis making it look quite effective what we did notice on closer inspection was that all the plants on the trellising were artificial no wonder it always looked good the plants were specifically made for the purpose they weren't grown but there again I suppose it wouldn't have done for Mr Titchmarsh to stand there with drooping plants all around him it looked alright on the telly anyway One of the other things I talked about was a holiday we had with some friends in Normandy. How we'd done the usual thing when you're there, we'd walked across Omaha Beach. We'd Another day we'd driven along past Gold, Juno and Sword Beaches. Elaine, my partner, wanted very much to go and see the Bayer Tapestry while we were there, so... We went, had a walk round Bayeux, lovely little old town, and went and saw the tapestry, which incidentally isn't a tapestry, it's an embroidery, but history has always described it as the Bayeux tapestry. One of the days we were there, we decided we'd go and have a look at some of the old German fortifications. So we went across to Pointe Hoc, a complex of huge concrete gun emplacements and underground passages, very much damaged by bombs prior to the D-Day landings, masonry and collapsed tunnels all over everywhere now. But to anybody with a bit of sense of history of the Second World War and the D-Day Lansings in particular, well worth a visit. But as we were wandering around these ruins and looking at different parts, we stood at the front of a gun emplacement, looking down on Utah Beach and out onto the English Channel, when a very, very American voice behind me said, Is that the ocean? Now I'm a bit pedantic and I know that. If I wanted to go 
and look at an historic thing like that, particularly being an American and Utah Beach, where the Americans during the invasion took quite a battering and lost quite a few soldiers. I think I would have had a look at something enough to tell me that that was the English Channel and that is where the American forces came ashore. But there again, on another instance, I had a similar experience with an American. Elaine's daughter had bought us tickets to go to Windsor Castle and have a cream tea in the Windsor Castle Hotel. Well, we got there early and by coincidence, totally unexpected, as we were walking towards the castle entrance, a military band, guardsmen in their bearskin hats and red tunics, came marching up the road, playing merrily away, escorting a group of guardsmen through the castle entrance to go to a changing of the guard ceremony inside. We weren't expecting that. Most welcome. My bit of a background playing in different bands and enjoying our military heritage and the spectacle we could produce with different functions that we do, trooping the colour and such like. I thoroughly enjoyed it, made my day. But the next thing was we turned into the entrance to the castle where the visitors paid to get in. A huge queue. Anyway, I spoke to one of the people on the door and says, well, we've already got tickets. Have we got to stand in this queue? He says, oh, no, no, you follow me. We can go down this side. To which at least two Americans were shouting, there's a queue, you know, there's a queue. I'm British, I've already got tickets. Anyway, I digress from the point I'm making. As we stood in one of the courtyards in the castle after we got in there, there was a plane came over, big heavy duty passenger plane, obviously just taken off from, I think it's Heathrow, the nearest airport there. Still low and still climbing. It wasn't the first one we'd seen that day, there were one or two going over, obviously part of the route out of the airport if you're going to certain destinations. But the thing I'm getting to is that just as that moment as it crossed overhead and went over us, an American voice behind me said, why did they build it so close to the airport? Now, I had a job not to laugh at that point. But thinking about it, Windsor Castle, the original foundations of Windsor Castle, had already been in existence a good 600 years before America was really founded. Their history only really starts in the late 17th, early 18th century. Late 1600s, early 1700s. After the Pilgrim Fathers and their ilk had landed there in the 1620s. Any history that the Americans had before that was 
from the Native Americans. But their history was obliterated and forgotten as the advance west by the new settlers carried on. So they really hadn't got that sense of history. As I've said before, there was, I think, 70% of Americans in one survey thought that Joan of Arc was the wife of Noah. So to them, it was one of those things. I know somebody else told me on a similar vein that one tourist had been to one of the castles and said to him, why did they build so many ruins? They hadn't got it into their head that this was an old building that had fallen into ruin. They thought that's how it had been built in the first place. I'm not having a dig at Americans, it's just these things have happened while I've been out and about and they've, particularly the one about building near the airport, just caught my sense of humour. One of the other things I've talked about a bit is uh, my stepdaughter's entertainment agency that she runs. Now Elaine's daughter set this up, oh, should have to think how long ago now, probably 20 years now since that was all up and running. But when she first started it, she had a lot of young people on the books who were prepared to do dancing and performing in clubs, a bit of a fire-eating act, a bit of a magician, dancers, entertainers. And she got some reasonable bookings. Regular ones at two clubs in Derby, regular ones at a club or two in Nottingham. And then out of the blue, she got two clubs in Manchester that were interested. Now, although she'd got different people who were willing to perform, they were all fairly young and hadn't yet earned enough money to get themselves a car or be qualified to drive. So one or two of us said, oh, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll run you girls about, don't worry. We'll take your performers. And usually when it was me doing it, it was girls I was taking up to Manchester. I had done the odd trip into Derby and Nottingham. I got to know those towns quite well. and I didn't know much about them before, particularly Nottingham. In fact, I got to know Nottingham quite reasonably. I was getting the girls to the different places. A couple of lads has performed as well. I got them to different places in Nottingham. Then they started building the tram lines. I lost all, all recognition of where I was after that. Could have been anywhere. Anyway, one of the places that we went to was in Manchester. And I went there on several occasions. I know one night we were... A bit late getting there, so I was zooming along the motorway and then into the outskirts of Manchester and I suddenly realised when I looked in the mirror that because we were running late, the girls were getting changed in the back of my car. 
Oh dear. They made a happy man very old that night. But get there we did and they went into the club and went straight on stage more or less. So getting changed had done them good. I mean I'd done a bit of theatrical work myself so... I knew what it was like, some of the dressing rooms and different places you, you get as you do these things. So I wasn't surprised by some of the places we went. I know at one stage I was also responsible for putting new wicks and new equipment together for fire eating and stilts and making sure they were safe, checking them after every performance make sure any nuts and bolts hadn't come loose. So as the boys and girls of the different performances went through, I was walking behind with bags and cases, the huge sword as we had that was covered in wick for doing fire dances with. We went into some strange places One I can always remember, we'd got a couple of carloads taken up. One of the performers had learnt to drive and was going in their car and taking three performers. Elaine and myself were going up in her car with a couple of performers in the back. We got to the gig at Manchester and Elaine's stepdaughter said, you can park in the street night at the side of the club. I said, oh yeah, I know where it is, I've been there before. They've got a concession, she says, there's a yellow line there, but you'll be all right. The club owners have sorted it out. So we parked the two cars there and went into the club and the girls had gone off to get changed and do their thing. Elaine and myself had settled in the quieter upstairs bar, just enjoying the odd drink. I'd got to drive back so I couldn't have much. Anyway, I looked out the window as I was sat there relaxing and looking round, and I saw a guy in a peaked cap with a clipboard under his arm, walking up and down the road looking quite official. I said to Elaine, I said, something's going on, I teared up. So I got up and wandered across and had a good look down the road. And there was the said man with his peak cap, our two cars, and a flatbed lorry with a crane on it, ready to tow the cars away. So I told Elaine to go and get the girls and sort that out. I'll go and shift our car, quick. Well, I got there and I could see that both cars had got a parking ticket on them. But without hesitation, I jumped in hours and drove off. It wasn't until I got round the corner and take another corner that I thought, I haven't a clue where I am now. This is going to be interesting. Anyway, I slowed down and sorted myself out. I thought, yeah, if I go up here, go up here, then down there, I'm back where I started from. 
and I chugged down into the street where we'd been parked. As I went past the girl's car, I could see four girls in very brief miniskirts and tops dressed like Santa Claus. Red fur trimmed miniskirts and tops pleading with this guy not to take their car away. Now I slowed down enough to realise as they got the clamps on it ready to lift it. But as it turned out, because it hadn't actually left the floor, he didn't tow it away, but he obviously told them to move it. So I went and parked up, I ended up near the town hall actually. And I walked slowly back to the club. It wasn't until I turned the corner and was walking down the street where we just moved our cars from as I realised that opposite where our cars were was the entrance to the police station car park. And all the while we'd been there, police cars had been going in and out past our parked cars. No wonder we'd been booked. Well, that's filled in some of the stories that I missed last time I went through those different places that I've been and things that I'd done. I suppose I might find some more as time goes on. Hopefully, though, I'll think of other things, remember different things or start to go out and have new adventures as you might say that I can record to you. Certainly it was pleasing as I looked out the other night I thought hmm staying lighter later into the afternoon and evening now. We're slowly creeping towards the spring rather than the summer I can get out into the garden, if nothing else, have a look at fresh life coming through, the leaves starting to sprout again, start getting some plants on the go for summer displays. At the moment we can't do much else, we're just waiting for the Prime Minister to tell us what we can and can't do in the near future things we want to do but whether we'll be able to do them legally or not I don't know but certainly the weather has improved it's a lot warmer today as I say the daylight hours are slowly extending things are looking hopeful I can get out go places tell you where I've been tell you what I've done tell you the memories it stirred things that have happened in the past. I've enjoyed doing these, I hope you're happy to listen to them. I'll keep going until people tell me not to do them anymore.
Anyway, I've taken your time for today. Take care of yourselves. Ta-da for now.